I will say to guys, take a beautiful woman's, uh, Ukrainian woman's Instagram, or just take her phone in general, any social media site she's on, broom, there'll be 20, 30 simp messages per day telling how beautiful she is, like her fans basically, because that's the way she's gonna treat them, her fans, not possible suitors, writing to her nonstop. And then maybe there's one or two guys that she becomes interested in who hit her up and, uh, and they slide into her DMs. But basically she's discoverable without doing anything. and welcome to another vodka podcast with me Connor Klein and boy is this gonna be a controversial one so strap yourselves in let's get going greetings first of all from Kherson which is quite an appropriate city to shoot this video in because I think after obviously Kiev and Odessa scam central Odessa mama Mykolaiv a city an hour up the road and here in Kherson have been the cities marketed for the traditional bride industry in Ukraine probably the most so it's probably good that I'm standing here right in the city center this is the pedestrian street it's called Suvorova after the Russian general I think that might be a statue over there just off camera and yes you did read it cor correctly the title we're going to discuss today the demise of the Ukrainian mail order bride industry you know I had this idea of making this video for a while I you know, thought to think about what I'm going to say in this video. And then this morning, I went to a YouTube channel that promotes romance tours here in Ukraine. Now, they don't actually promote them really here in Kherson. Seems like other cities have come into the mix. Can discuss that a little bit also later on in the video. Cities in the center of Ukraine like Dnipro and Zaporozhye. And it really is on cue for this video, ironically. So I'm going to read a part from it. Uh, let me just pull it up here on my phone. It's actually, the first comment is written by a guy who actually regularly comments on, on my videos as well. And basically, he's talking about Russian girl videos. He puts it in inverted commas, but it's pertinent also really to here in Ukraine. Um, in the interviews, you can tell the girls are no longer marriage material. They freely admit they like to party. They can't answer which country has the best looking guys. They can't answer what type of guy do you want uh, they can't answer what is love they never they've never thought about these questions uh, because they are busy in former Soviet bloc countries being with a different guy every week so I don't know what the destiny is for these agencies no marriageable girls around anymore now he's talking to this inverted commas of course mail order bride industry that centers on Ukraine and Eastern Europe, but also to a certain extent with Russia. Uh, and then there's a comment on, on below it, and I think this guy may have you know, commented in some of my videos as well, and he says, you have to wait until they turn 35 or 40 and she has a kid by another man. Then she'd be ready for you, buddy. And actually that is just spot on with what I'm going to discuss in today's vodcast. So what those two commenters have kind of hit the nail on the head about is that these um, marriage agents musical they can only help really western guys meet women who are 35 40 and already have kids from a previous relationship and obviously the father of those children is no longer uh, very relevant in their life and they need a surrogate father basically that is what it's reduced to in terms of the type of client they can help um, sure i'm not saying that makes the woman a bad person of course and that she can't 
um, be helped in finding a Western guy might be a good match, still a good trade-off. But, you know, traditionally this agency has relied on the stunning, youthful beauty of the women here in Ukraine and the fact that they all want to have you know, meet a, a good man and get married and have a traditional family and all this kind of shebang. But there you see two guys are obviously very heavily invested in this, completely dismissing it uh, since they watch all this kind of content. I guess they're particularly interested in the topic. And part of the reason I foresee the demise of this injury is like for how much longer are these agencies going to be able to help even those guys match with single moms in their late 30s, early 40s, uh, because things are changing quite rapidly. I've seen big changes here in Ukraine. I have a video about that, a podcast, I'll link it up above in a card down below in the description. The big changes I've seen, the big 10 changes I've seen in the last 10 years here. So with all these technological changes, uh, new opportunities in terms of travel, the economic, obviously, development of Ukraine, for how much longer can these agencies even help uh, these older gentlemen, I'm assuming, meet the single moms who are in their late 30s uh, mid to late 30s, early 40s, who have obviously children, that's why they're single moms, with other uh, men who are not relevant in their life. I mean, for how much longer are they going to be even able to help those guys? That is why I foresee the demise of the industry. And when I say demise, I mean it will go back to something that is basically normal, <laughs> normal, because it's abnormal <laughs> what's been going on, uh, you know, with all this whole industry around it. It will become just like matchmaking, say, in the West, where you have matchmakers. Um, but they're helping very specific people who have, you know, difficulties maybe being on a dating app, going out and socializing, a meeting, they have maybe very high demands in a partner and stuff like that. And it's very, very kind of niche because you have those legitimate people in the West who can help people. But this whole industry, mass, mass, massive, you know, I don't know, hundreds of millions of dollars of annual revenue of this industry, we take the greater, um, you know, runs into billions uh, if you take the, the greater industry around Russian, Eastern European women and marriage. Uh, that, yeah, I can't see it continuing. Uh, definitely not legitimately. And now let's get into the reasons why this demise, why it's been demising and why it's going to become a normal industry. So first of all, it's important to look at the history of this mail order bride industry here in Ukraine. Now in the 1990s, early 90s, the Soviet Union uh, dissolved, collapsed, the economy collapsed in uh, the former Soviet Socialist Republics, which became independent countries like Ukraine here. And there was mass unemployment, mass poverty. A lot of men uh, died, um, early deaths, um, pretty commonly because of alcoholism, uh, maybe suicide, I'm not really sure, but alcoholism is given as one of the big reasons. So it's a pretty desperate situation here. On top of that, it was very hard to travel abroad as a Ukrainian citizen, as a Russian citizen, whatever, and actually go to, say, Western Europe, where the economy is obviously doing a lot better, or North America to go to America. It was pretty damn hard to get there, right? Just the, the cost of travel, needing visas. Obviously, it was very impoverished here. Communication, even knowing much about those countries. And in stepped an industry that tried to match Western men, based primarily with with enough money uh, with the ladies here in say Ukraine. Ukraine was kind of the biggest country, uh, but also Russia, other parts of the former Soviet Union. Actually, when I look back at the history, there actually was this kind of cottage industry, I guess, around matchmaking uh, Westerners with women in Central Europe. So countries like, uh, you know, Czech Republic, Poland, uh, even into the Balkans, Romania. Now you don't see, you know, it's early days of the internet. I can't really find much about it now, but it did exist to a certain extent also there. Now it's completely disappeared. 
that's a harbinger of what's going to happen in this country, I believe. Anyways, we're making this video in August 2021. We can see in 10 years, uh, look back at it. So just one final point, mail order bride. You see, it was never actually mail order bride. Uh, that's a complete misnomer. No one is going to like uh, a menu and selecting, you know, uh, eye color, hair color, blonde, 35, or probably 22, uh, blue eyes, one meter 80, tuk -tuk -tuk, putting in their criteria and out pops uh, a Ukrainian bride who's then shipped off to America in a box. Obviously that would be human trafficking. <laughs> and that's not what we're referring to here. We're referring to this kind of, we'll call, you know, they have several names, you know, marriage agencies, romance tour companies, um, even I guess some dating coaches with, with, with you know who have matchmaking in between. Uh, so it's basically, I would say that we're talking about people who put people in contact uh, between the two countries using a website primarily, right? Uh, and then they come over and they help these tours if the guy decides to come over. So it's kind of so a little bit nebulous is exactly what's in the industry is not, but in, in terms of describing, it's a little bit imprecise maybe, but. You know, if you've been hanging out here, you know exactly the kind of stereotype. The stereotype you always would have seen in the past is uh, maybe an American uh, guy between the ages of 40 and 60, um, looking a little bit out of place, normally his dress sense in a city like Odessa, uh, and uh, with normally two women with him, one always being the interpreter, because, yes, uh, they need, always need an interpreter that they need to pay for. It's going to be part of, you know, obviously the way to make money with this guy uh, and then the bride-to-be supposedly is usually uh, considerably younger uh, than the than the guy who's come from the west and they're sitting there and they're having dinner at an expensive table uh, expensive restaurant normally uh, that is kind of the stereotype that you would see in person here right so why is it going to disappear or at least become a normal situation not an abnormal situation here so first of all economic turmoil Ukrainian economy, of course, it has been hit in the last uh, since 2014 with the war with Russia, the annexation of Crimea, all that. Uh, but things here in the last couple of years have gotten dramatically better. I don't, and it's not just that the overall GDP rates might have, I don't know, narrowed or not narrowed. It's kind of the standard of living that you can have here, just in terms of, you know, because I've been spending obviously most of the last few years in Eastern Europe, and particularly in Ukraine. I've been here for the last 18 months straight like the inconveniences and it's in my other video the other podcast like i would have experienced 10 years ago coming to ukraine versus the west they don't really exist anymore there's not much of a difference in, for me i mean the roads are terrible and they are making some progress on that but outside of a few small things it's not the dramatic difference it's definitely not the 1990s where there's this widespread po poverty and um you know everything had collapsed and disorder um in general I would say it's safer in Ukrainian cities to walk around at night than most cities in Western Europe and North America. The the difference in terms of you know getting the same standard uh, compared to in the West. I mean, obviously you need to relatively have more money here, of course, of course, uh, but you can get that um, without much of a problem. Uh, it's freely available. The information nowadays just travels so much quicker. So I would say the economic malaise that we saw in the 1990s it's not there to the same extent now of course there is obviously an economic difference but it's not as dramatic as it, as it used to be and i think also the perception that everybody's rich in the west or america and everybody's poor in ukraine except for maybe the <laughs> the oligarchy elite that's kind of changed also women realize that not everybody's rich in america a lot of people obviously have a big middle class and um 
yeah, a lot of guys, their actual quality of life is not actually any better than, say, a, a maybe slightly above average guy in Ukraine, uh, especially when you have to take into, the into account that they got to move country. So the first big reason is the economic situation has improved dramatically here. So you don't have that gulf like you used to have in the 1990s, at least. And of course, of course that changes the incentive to just... Um, you know, marry someone very quickly or move to another country with someone maybe you don't know very well and has a very different culture that maybe isn't going to gel in the long term with your values uh, from the woman's point of view here in Ukraine. So the second uh, big change that impacts the um, marriage agency and mail order bride industry here is the technological changes. So uh, there's something called Instagram. There's another thing called Tinder. Uh, very simple to use in your pocket, uh, Tinder, swiping left, swiping right. Uh, obviously, Instagram, you're able to also market yourself uh, as a woman, especially from here, and you're discoverable. So there are just a few key words to start this section off on, because I think this is one of the most important ones. Back in the 1990s, I mean, the internet wasn't really a thing, I guess. And then when it started, it was very, very basic, of course. And it was hard to say meet, say that Western guy in the, in the West, if you were here in Ukraine, and obviously for the Western guy to actually meet women or arrange to meet women without having to fly over here blind, without knowing the culture, the language, or, and it really having information what was going on in Ukraine. And also these marriage sites eventually started really heavily marketing and branding Ukrainian women as these kind of like uh, model goddess type Stepford wives who just want to cook and clean uh, for their man in the West, uh, good man in the West. Uh, and they all look like supermodels, basically. And they're all willing to just marry some random guy 40 years older than them, of course, to get to America and get that, that green card girl, whatever, right? So nowadays, what happens? Well, they, don't, they can meet men from all over the world with Tinder. <laughs> and guys from all over the world are changing their pin and claiming they're already in Ukraine just to check out, swiping, talking to them. So, uh, and then you've got, obviously, Instagram, which allows a girl, even in a small village here, to be discovered by local guys here in Ukraine from another city or from another part of the world like over in whatever London uh, New York uh, Paris or even over in Tokyo in Australia and Sydney uh, the Middle East in Dubai saying they can all talk to them and discover them that wasn't possible before so they kind of I guess advantage these and I'm talking of course about the legitimate marriage agencies in a sense that ones are actually trying to connect people well before, they kind of had almost monopoly online. Like, it was very hard to meet someone from another country and start that relationship. Compared to now, when you have dating apps like Tinder and people can just swipe and talk to and connect with people from all over the world. On top of it, Instagram, even if the girl hasn't actually gone and gone to dating site and made any effort, she just gets, you know, I will say to guys, take a beautiful woman's, uh, Ukrainian woman's Instagram, or just take her phone in general, any social media site she's on, broom. There'll be 20, 30 simp messages per day telling how beautiful she is, like her fans, basically, because that's the way she's going to treat them, her fans, not possible suitors, writing to her nonstop. And then maybe there's one or two guys that she becomes interested in who hit her up and, uh, and they slide into her DMs. But basically, she's discoverable without doing anything. <laughs> so this is massive, right? So what marriage agencies or um, romance tours are always trying to sell their, their clients is that they have, you know, vetted this database of girls or whatever 
who are interested in meeting foreign guys. Now imagine, uh, because of the ease of access, right, uh, in terms of connecting or contacting, um, or democratization of it, right, it can basically be for free on Instagram or very small fee on uh, Tinder, uh, what kind of women are actually going to go to a marriage agency and look for uh, a Western husband to escape this country? It's not going to be the hottest of the hottest. It's not going to be the women who are 22 and have, you know, at their whatever it is, 22, 20, or 25, and are looking at their best uh, in terms of looks, which is what those guys are most attractive to, visuals. So the first thing we basically look at, um, and on a dating site, that's all you're basically, or a dating app, um, or a just Instagram, it's what attracts us just visually. Like, what kind of women are gonna go there? It's the women who, cannot, who are not getting hit up regularly, who like every woman can go on Tinder. It's a lot less effort than going to a matchmaking service uh, uh, or to a dating uh, agency where they have to go in and do an interview. They can just put up their Tinder, right? So it's women that don't meet uh, high quality men uh, that way that are going to be uh, interested in going to marriages. Now, that is why the commenter under the Romance Tour video uh, said that there are no marriageable women, that it's only the 35, I don't know what he said, 30 to 45, whatever. Uh, in this range bracket, single moms are gonna go because they have an incentive. <laughs> That's the reason. They don't, they're considered lower value uh, on the dating market because they are older, they're past their peak normally, and they have kids in tow. And just for men in general, we see that is less attractive as a proposition than obviously uh, a woman who doesn't have children, who's 20, 25, 28, uh, 30, whatever, right? So. Uh, they're the only women who are going to go there in the first place. Now, here is the big reveal. I have a consulting client and he has shown me what is available on, I would say, one of the most reputable romance tour matchmaking services available. He has shown me behind the scenes what's there and there was hardly a woman under 30. <laughs> I think it was around 5% of the women were under 30. So that kind of confirms that like the women under 30 just not interested in going and even those under 30 there was one who was looked like a 19 year old model i said did you select her he's like no because she seems too young for me my, my client was about 40 uh who was now taking me for uh, coaching because he's already uh, dramatically basically failed with all these marriage agencies uh because they don't uh historically have a very high success rate uh which is no surprise because he's actually looking for women under 30 without kids i was like well first of all his entire database is 5%, only 5% under it. And then when he, he asked to be matched with these women who were, you know, there were a few women who were uh, quite good looking, very young um, compared to the rest of them, like 19, 20, 22, uh, none of them answered. <laughs> so there you can see that uh, the legitimate options that are doing that are, uh, you know, outside of that 30 plus single mom bracket, almost completely none. <laughs> and then on top of it, the piece de resistance there was a woman that he recognized on Tinder from the database that he had not selected. I think he thought she was a bit too young for him, but I, I don't remember the exact reason why, because I asked him, I was, why didn't you just select her from the dating sites and you paid all this money, right, for these dates? Or she hadn't accepted uh, his request or whatever, right? So he met her off Tinder and he went and he went out with her and they slept together. And you know what she told him? She told him she's not really interested in a long-term relationship. And then he said, you know that you're on this date. He said, I am? Really? Uh, yeah, I remember I signed up to a different site before. And uh, I guess they just passed on my profile. She had no idea she was even on this site. And he met her on Tinder. 
and he slept with her. So why the hell would you be paying to meet that kind of woman on a marriage agent dating site? So basically, that is a very great explain why it's basically over because in the 1990s, I think legitimately he could have met those women at a, a marriage agency or a romance tour site because there were women who didn't have, they didn't have the same options. They couldn't go on Tinder and the world was a very different place. On top of it, I did a different um, romance tour company. I did also have a client once uh, a couple of, uh, you know, when I started out first and he had actually already paid to go on some romance tour. Might even have been here in her son. Not entirely sure. He went around the region, right? And um, he, uh, he, you know, he only really had a connection with one girl. Um, so he paid for 10 dates or whatever. And then there was a connection with one. But I mean, that probably makes it legitimate. Uh, I actually met her. She seemed like she was not a scammer or something like that, right? Um, and that there was nothing between them. And then recently, I noticed that she's kind of marketing herself for, um, yeah, interesting additional uh, services on Instagram. She's using Instagram and other sites. Apparently, just her profile looked very different. Didn't look like a step forward wife. That's basically all I will say about that. So that was that. And this is a girl who's again under 30 and has options. Listen, they are not going to marriage agencies to find a husband. Hardly anything. This is no more than they would in the West. That's basically the, what I want to communicate, what's been confirmed to me uh, by speaking to the few guys uh, who've become my coaching clients who had already tried uh, these marriage agencies. 34 degrees Celsius here in Kherson. Come for the weather, not for the, for, not for the brides. <laughs> so the third thing is travel. Travel has transformed the travel industry. I know we're still in this COVID travel mess. It's August 2021, but actually there are guys traveling a lot more normally than they were last year already. But this is a big change. Like 10 years, uh, 20 years ago, obviously, uh, it was a lot more expensive. There weren't the low cost airlines here relative. It was just a lot more uh, expensive relative to the income to buy a flight and actually go traveling. On top of that, they needed visas for Schengen. Now they don't need a Schengen visa. Schengen is the area that's not 100% correlating with the European Union. Uh, but more or less, we'll say. They can go to lots of countries like France, Germany, Italy, uh, Norway, which is not in the EU, but part of the uh, Schengen area for si three months, every six months. It's 90 days every 180 without a visa. It's a lot easier to travel. And what does that mean? Well, they meet guys from other countries when they travel abroad. <laughs> They're not sitting here uh, waiting for a white knight to fly in and save them from terrible Ukraine. Also because of the economic situation and stuff. Uh, girls don't really want to actually leave Ukraine. They like to travel um, because they can go on a trip, but they're not necessarily desperate to get out of Ukraine. They, you know, uh, and the girls who were desperate to leave, they already got on a plane and gone to Dubai or somewhere else or to Paris or uh, uh, Firenze in Italy, Florence in Italy or somewhere else um, long ago. They're not hanging around here. They're not trapped, basically. They can travel. And also, I guess, there are a lot more Western guys traveling here anyways. It's not that unusual. I mean, when I was coming here 10 years ago, uh, outside of Odessa and Kiev, like even when I went to Crimea back in the day, I hardly saw any Westerners. Now, Crimea is obviously uh, occupied by Russia. It's been annexed. It's de jure Ukraine, but de facto uh, administered by Russia. And um, not so many Westerners are going in, I guess. But, um, you know, coming to Kherson or another city like Kharkiv, the second city, you will see... You know, three, four, five times more foreigners than you did 10 years ago. So also the foreign guys are here. So that's another big change that has occurred in the last while that just makes, yeah, why do you need a marriage agency when you can fly to the source yourself? Uh, of course, they, it's hard for them to get American visas. 
And actually I would say, I'm gonna make a video about this as well, that the star power of America has actually dropped off quite a bit in the last five years uh, compared to the reaction that my American buddies who came with me used to get. Now they don't get anything like the same reaction from American. I think there have been a Western or in general, uh, they're just not as interested. They meet so many of them. <laughs> There's nothing unique about it. There isn't this kind of like fairy tale story for them just because they meet a guy from Manchester who's here at a stock party weekend right that's that doesn't happen never mind all the guys from turkey or the middle east israel or wherever uh also part of the middle east um that come in here and yeah so basically travel is making a big difference on top of that i would say the level of english has changed now i referred to the fact that they used to that marriage agents make quite a good bit of money or the industry around it makes a good bit of money from interpretation the idea was well uh, girls here or women here don't speak very good english so if you come as a western guy because they assume you don't learn russian or ukrainian that you need an interpreter to be there in all the dates first of all that is creepy why would you want a third wheel at all your dates really not conducive to getting to know someone very well now today of course you got technology you got google translate so first of all if she doesn't speak English then you can use that and that's actually a lot of fun to use you definitely don't need an interpreter to be there that is odd that is kind of as I said at the outset the stereotype of the male order bride industry a marriage agency victim of sitting there paying for the interpreter paying for the meal probably then buying her presents um, so on top of that the level of English has increased quite dramatically with younger women now even probably amongst women who are 30 40 years of age as well compared to before but having said that it is dramatically better than 10 years ago. It was really rare where I met a woman who didn't work in the travel industry or wasn't an interpreter for a, a marriage agency who spoke very good English. You do meet those women today. Uh, they have more an incentive, they travel a lot more, and just English has become the world's global uh, lingua franca even more. So English is more spoken and um, that also makes one of the revenue sources for the marriage agencies less legitimate and most guys should figure out they don't need an interpreter um, so that's another thing hitting the marriage uh, marriage agency business here and the final point that I want to raise and explain to you that's contributing towards the demise of the mail order bride industry here in Ukraine in particular is channels like mine not only channels like mine um, you know even the marriage agency romance tours uh, channels and there's kind of a new wave of them being run by guys from the West. Some of these guys actually met their wives through a marriage and then decided, hey, this is a good business. Uh, let me also get in it. I mean, they had success with it. And then you have the guys who had no success with it, but still go and uh, start a, uh, uh, some sort of matchmaking service. Um, yeah, apparently they weren't able to go home uh, afterwards, even though they failed and they, they kind of pitched that as, uh, yeah, why? I always say, why would you trust someone who failed doing it and couldn't succeed and meet uh, their, you know, their wife on a, on a marriage agency and then they pitch it to you, but okay, it seems to work for them. Other guys uh, seem to trust them in spite of their own failings. Uh, so yeah, it's channels like this. And I have to say, even those, they give way better information than the kind of more super scammy, like obviously PPL sites. That's, if you don't know what it's a paper letter site where they have this kind of, they're using technology, they're using in translators, the guys are writing and paying per message. That's when it's paper letter. And they're, they're selling this dream of Stepford wife, you know, whatever. Not even maybe the 20-year-old model anymore, but even a 30-year-old uh, single mom who just wants to love them and whatever <laughs> stuff. And they're paying permission, they're getting scammed. But this, um, these kind of channels that give you better information allow the Western guys to realize that it's not 
what it's cracked up to be. Ukrainian women in general are no longer this Stepford wife. They don't aspire to be a Stepford wife, cook and clean uh, for some guy 30 years older than sitting in Ohio or something like that. Maybe in the 90s, I guess they did because the situation was so bad here and they didn't have themselves so much information. Uh, but channels like mine and other channels that give you the real truth about what it's like in Ukraine let you know that basically a large part of this industry is just scamming Western men, the PPLL industry, the paper letter in particular, but also the success rates of even the more genuine matchmakers. I mean, but if you're looking for a woman under 30 without kids, they, they, they really can't. It's not the place to go to. Save your money and uh, invest in coaching. Uh, and actually coming over here and actually spending uh, a large part of the year here, you'll be almost certainly a lot more successful um, than yeah, going to specifically a matchmaker. Even one of those um, marriage agency owners or matchmakers, he even says himself, the guys who do the best are the guys who move here. Like he moved here, he does have a wife, but he didn't meet her at a matchmaking service. <laughs> he, he was the owner of a matchmaking service. He's a businessman that has a lot more status here, believe me. Uh, so he was successful because he moved here, even though it's a little bit incongruent with him having that agency, but at least he's uh, candid enough to say what it is. Guys who do the best move here. So basic information I think makes a big difference and um, going forward, realizing what the reality is here. Well, you know, it kind of goes from both sides. You have the women who are not as interested in, first of all, meeting foreign men <laughs> uh, in general, because they have ease of access and the, they don't have the same incentives to go. And uh, unless they, of course, have kids and they're over 35 here. Yeah, at least when they, they come and they start approaching it, they're in a better shape and they're more knowledgeable and they're less likely to get scammed. Now, it does happen, unfortunately, a lot, or they're more likely to realize it's not the best way to do, to do it. And they might as well either go somewhere else, which is, I guess, also also to do with uh, YouTube channels and information. Like now you see, I mean, we've always had this Thai male order bride uh, stereotype, um, but Southeast Asia is probably a better place for those guys who are traditionally going here. Uh, now they have the information that actually, if you read any of their forums or comments under their videos and stuff uh, from romance tours, they basically tell them, listen, if this is what you want, you want a 30 age, uh, uh, 30 year age gap with some woman who wants to be a Stepford wife, don't come to Eastern Europe go to Southeast Asia. I had a guy once paid me for a consulting call about a woman that he was dating online here. They met on a, on a website that was charging him obviously for the connection. And um, yeah, he's, he was on my Facebook after this because we connected. And I saw in the end, he just went to Southeast Asia and he apparently got what he was looking for. He was with a, a dramatically younger woman from there. So it just seems like that is the better place to head to. On top of that, I even watched some pickup Archer Street channels or guys who give dating advice out of meet women just walk around the streets and stuff and uh, it was kind of amusing to watch one of them because he said forget Ukraine <laughs> he said it's so hard here they're not really interested in Western guys you have to make so much effort there are better places to go in the world if you want to meet women easily and quicker uh, he also confirmed it that you know this uh, idea that they're all desperately sitting here waiting for you as Western white knight to come and take them away there's a few of those women but not very many and they're easy to find by other guys so marriage agency is probably not where you're gonna meet them so just as a final point, as kind of a denouement to the video, here in Ukraine, um, scams that happen, whether they happen to happen to a marriage agency, a romance tour, or PPL site, or just in general, when tourists get scammed out of money, Ukrainian authorities don't do very much to help in general compared to other countries. One of my consulting clients is actually shocked. He said, how can they let this happen? It destroys the reputation of... Hey, hey, привет, спасибо. 
the guy wearing a t-shirt, Herson, kept some boxing team, so boxer. Um, and he, he was shocked, but how can they let the, you know, the, the branding of the country be tarnished by all these scams? And I, I said, they don't care. <laughs> they don't care. They think these guys who get scams are basically idiots. They're foreign idiots to come in. And of course, our girls, as they would say, they just take them, take all their money. So what? They're going to spend it here. They don't see the downside. Uh, and you know, these PPL sites that have been scamming guys online with the letter writing, they pump that money back into the marketing, right? And a different branding for the country, the traditional wife, step for wife branding, right? Uh, if the Ukrainian government collectively starts to take scams seriously and calms down, like what happened in Belarus when they tried to do the same stuff in Belarus, well, Belarus is uh, a country that's effectively a police state that has a lot of disadvantages. We've seen that in the last year. Uh, but one of maybe the upsides to a police state is like when you have scams and stuff, believe me, they get taken very serious in Belarus. And there's no scammy marriage agencies there. You actually need a license, first of all, to even open one. Um, and there's very few given by the government. So they basically cannot operate. I heard a story through the find that one of the um, agencies in, uh, in Ukraine tried to organize something in Belarus. It happened once. They were apparently told in no uncertain circumstances not to return. Right? It was not going to be tolerated there. And they weren't even, I would say, they're not a PPL site, at least they actually host an event. So, uh, I think in, to in grosso modo, if Ukraine, which is on a pathway towards closer ties with the West and needs to improve its rule of law overall, if they clamp down on this, we will see it disappear very quickly and it will go back to a completely normal situation uh, in terms of matchmaking, uh, marriage agencies or the mail order bride industry in the long run. And the reason why I feel more confidence in saying, oh, I can't predict 100%, maybe they're gonna find new ways to rebrand the Ukrainian bride market or whatever, they're creative people, they have a lot of money uh, that they're making from it apparently. So, um, but I look at Central Europe, I look at Romania, as I said, just to come back to that, there were attempts to do that in the past there. And what happened? Well, the economic situation improved in those countries, rule of law is stronger, and we don't hear about, you don't hear Czech brides been marketed. You don't hear Polish brides been marketed. You don't hear Romanian brides been marketed on the internet. You hear Ukrainian brides. You hear Russian brides. Uh, and now you hear from other regions. But in, we'll say Central Eastern Europe, it's only here. And why? You don't even hear about Belarusian brides that much. Why? Because you can't run a scam industry, right? So I predict it will happen the same as it happened in the other countries. Anyways, in the meantime, um, write me below what you think about the mail order bride industry here. As I said, it's a complete misnomer. It's actually more a matchmaking uh, romance tour industry that you know doesn't have a very good reputation in general. And its demise, or my prediction of its demise and becoming just normal in terms of how we'll have matchmaking um, in the future around this country and hopefully complete new rebounding about uh, amazing Ukraine, amazingly free Ukraine in the last 18 months of this coronavirus mayhem on top of that make sure that you're on my free mailing list i put down below uh, the five biggest mistakes made by western guys when they come here to date uh, the beautiful and sincere women of eastern europe because most women here are not scammers and this is unfortunately a byproduct uh, of a lot of this industry that you know that it's not only to be fair to be completely fair it's not only centered in this industry just in general there's a lot of scamming going on because of the lack of rule of law here uh, and unfortunately that affects the image of the country as my client pointed out and there are amazing benefits to actually coming here and living part of the year so uh, definitely be on my free mail list you get that free gift anyways that checklist for the five biggest mistakes uh, and then in the future you'll get 
uh, access to my new programs when I launch them. That's why I only open them up to my most loyal fans who are on that mailing list. And uh, yeah, let me know what you think of the mail order bride industry here in Ukraine, whether it's going to, in spite of my prediction, grow, make more money, or is it going to start to recede and become the situation normal here in a few years? And we won't hear about these matchmaking tours or romance tours or PPL sites in the future. Okay, this Vidanya Dopobachna from Kherson. Beautifully hot summer's Kherson in Ukraine. Ciao, ciao. Sar experience.